It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota and Dawkin Cabin. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. Welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show this afternoon. Coming up over the next while, oh, she's a beautiful voice. Leah Barneville from Rathoth is joining me on the show. Rod Stewart's story continues. Katrina Bentley, CEO of Men's Aid, is here. We'll be chatting to Dr Lydia Deveni about the effects of a hangover. But first up today on the show, an article in yesterday's Irish Times caught her eye. It's by... Giovanna Feely and she's been a guest of mine on the show in the past and really the strap line that sums it all up she says when I'm with my children I'm often not 100% there and I'd say for a lot of people that is the case today Giovanna welcome back to Late Lunch well, how are you, Jerry? Lovely to talk with you again. And you too. My God, you're on the money with this piece, I have to say, in the paper yesterday. You really, really are. And I think, as I said, it reflects many people's situation. Look, uh, when I read, you, you have a childminder and you call her Mary Poppins. And when yeah. she's there, can I say that it's bliss? And when you're there, it's bedlam. Is that unfair or fair? <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's funny. It's probably a bit of an extreme, but yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's kind of a standing joke in our house that, you know, if, if we're both out for the day at work and we come in and the kids are there and they're just like little angels, you know, they're sitting there and they're drawing or they're, they're having a chat about what they did and it's all peaceful and literally we're home one minute and they start taking lumps out of each other and they just go to the other extreme. So it's just, it's a really, really strange phenomenon and it was kind of that that kind of disparity you're saying that it's literally like she's Mary Poppins, she just has this magic touch with them and then when they're with us they kind of just all go to pot. I just thought, I actually just wrote the article as kind of a piece of fun, you know, mm. just kind of looking at, you know, how kids can be but um, the response to it has, has, has been something else, you know, I've, I've had a range of people kind of getting on to me saying oh you know don't be so hard on yourself and you know everybody's kids act up and, <laughs> and I'm saying well they're not like that all the time and then you know other people saying well street angel house devil which is a phrase you probably grew up with and yes. I did certainly and I know psychologists would say that you know kids do tend to act up naturally around their parents because it's a way of showing that they're comfortable with their parents they can they can let down their guards, they can regress if they need to, they can do all those things. But um, I suppose, you know, the thing that really surprised me was a number of people got in touch, and I just didn't see this this coming. A number of people got in touch and they said, thank you for writing this. And it, it, it kind of tapped into a phrase that I never, ever use myself, but that is very much kind of around. And this kind of phenomenon of, you know, mummy guilt. Mm that you hear people talking about. And, you know, that certainly wasn't what I, I was kind of writing about. It wasn't kind of a debate about, you know, women and the different struggles they have and yes. working mothers versus stay-at-home mothers. But it's just that thing of the quality of, of our presence when we're with our kids because, you know, as I was saying in the article, I know myself the difference when I'm kind of sitting down, listening to them 100% or when I have half an eye on the clock or I'm on the phone or I'm doing different things and it's just it was just something really interesting to reflect on do you know yeah do you think that it's to do with that that in other words uh, mary your lovely mary poppins minder yeah. is with them completely you know she's uh, immersed with them they're immersed with her 
and when you come in yes they do play up sure we know that that's their want that's what kids do anyway but in a way you do touch on a serious issue here because mm. you work as well there's emails there's phone calls there's things and it doesn't just go in a nine to five format do you think it's a bit of a rebellion against that against mom or even dad like it's mo- involves moms and dads I, I think it is and I think you know I think in the article I kind of zoned in on that thing of you know when you come in the door and I know that's the truth for, for you know the reality for a lot of parents now you know where I would consider myself lucky that my, my job situation is that I took the option to go freelance and mm. um, when my third child was born so relatively speaking I've you know I get to walk them to school in the morning and I get to do my bits during the day but I think it's that element of you know if you come in from being away from them they see you they gravitate to you. It's like, you know, mum's home or dad's home or, you know, someone's home and they want your attention fully. (laughs) Whereas the reality is if I walk in the door and, you know, my husband's coming in at the same time, you know, I'm chatting to him or, you know, there's a pile of posts and you want to know what's there or the child mother says, now I just want to talk to you about something. And I suppose they don't understand. They literally just want the big hug and the big undivided Mm. attention. And I I just was reflecting myself. I'm probably not as aware of that sometimes. And it's, um, it's not a very flattering comparison, but you know, if you have a dog, at home <laughs> and you come and the dog knows you're coming and they kind of run off the drive or they run yes. up and they jump on you when you come in it's actually the same dynamic you know um, <laughs> no, I never I never made that connection aren't, aren't ever going to listen to this but you know what I mean I was thinking of that after it's that kind yes. of instinctual you want to throw yourself on someone that you've missed and that's what they're doing and unfortunately I know no more than other people probably I don't quite get that sometimes you know mm-hmm. um, and it's not a case of bashing myself over the head about it it's just I suppose being a bit more in tune to those kind of things yes. and, and savouring that moment I was talking to someone earlier this morning who said oh when they're teenagers they'll be glad when you're out of the house not when you come back so it's <laughs> kind of to capture that you know <laughs> and to, uh, you know as, as you know mindfulness is a huge thing nowadays and it's, it's that kind of sense of living in the moment yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But no, you've made an observation at a point in time. Oh, definitely when they're teenagers, they'll bark like the dog at you. That's for sure. Ne- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never yeah. mind running to you to lick you and love you. What age are your children? I'm curious. They're, they're young, are they? They are. Well, relatively, they're four, five and seven. Yeah, they are young. And, and, and they're at that age when they do demand, you know, and they want and they need as well. And, and, and that's, a, that's a point as well. You're going to move through phases. But you do, uh, oh, you, you, uh, I'm not surprised you have so many people on to you about this and, uh, and that guilt thing. You know, I remember speaking here to Kira Burke, a good friend of ours. She's one of our women with opinion panels. And I remember saying to me once, she has four girls. And uh, she often said to me, you know, I need a wife, Cherry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm getting at. You know, the, the, yeah, yeah. you know, she's working like yourself and busy and all that goes goes along with that. And it brings me back to the question, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and the big question that you know we bring children into this world, and we we need so many around us to to rear them. You know what I'm getting at, Giovanna. Yeah, and yeah, and and yeah. we nowadays the pressure on on both people under a roof to keep the roof over their heads to work is phenomenal because in a lot of cases most cases if you don't have it well you're in big trouble you know what I'm getting at was the was the traditional you mentioned about that saying street angel house devil when I grew up my mum was at home my dad worked you know what I mean and she ran the show in the house and and I have always great memories of that and unfortunately that seems to be the minority today you know what I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's true. Um, and then, you know, it, it was there in the news the last couple of days as well. There was an, an interesting article about fathers taking paternity leave mm. and how, you know, some guys saying when they when they decide to opt for, you know, an extended paternity leave, they get a bit of kind of slagging from the mates. Mm. And I think I think that's a really important point that to have someone, you know, who's there for them. Um, who's who's a continuous figure who's providing that love and reassurance is really, really important. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing to, to note nowadays. I know that, you know, when my husband has time with the children, he's just brilliant with them. Yes. And they can transfer all that to him, and especially, you know, at times when he's off, it's suddenly they're not running to me anymore. They want to run to him because that connection is there and they feel that safety and security. And I think, you know, the more we can give that to them, the better. But I was also saying... I think near the end of the article. And again, it's not so much about, you know, women or parents working outside the home. It's a sense that, you know, my my mum or my dad or anybody in the family has a life and identity that's bigger than me or that's bigger than us. Mm. Now, you know, that's not to say not to be available to our children. But, you know, as you mentioned, you know, I'm a musician. um, And I think it's great sometimes 
that they know that, that they'll hear me going off and practising or they'll see me, you know, rifling through yes. folders. And they say, Mum, what are you doing? Are you not coming down now to play with me? And I say, I'm just looking for a piece of music I need to get. And then, you know, the conversation happens. Oh, well, what's that? And who are you doing that with? And I think those kind of things are important too. And, you know, if, if a mother is completely stay at home or if her father is completely stay at home, there are still those aspects of their identity and their being that yes. for everybody's sake need to be kept alive and how do we balance that in the mix as well, you know? Yeah, and, and that is a thing in the past that, you know, whoever was at home sort of was in the background, you know what I'm saying, and didn't have mm-hmm. that identity or outside of it. It was totally focused on that. And then what happens is they grow up and they move on, as you were mentioning yourself, and then you're <laughs> scratching your head there, you know, yeah, what, what's yeah. the story? But that guilt thing, you know, and, and the sharing of responsibilities between partners and that, she can't do it unless you have both buying into it today, Giovanna. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, not forgetting that that's kind of a stereotypical image of the family. I and mean, there's so many people where it's one parent raising the children oh, or it's true. a grandparent yes, or a guardian. Yeah. You know, so you've all that picture. But I think yeah. I think the struggles are the same, you know, and I think that the balancing act that I'm talking about is the same. So, I mean, for me, it might be balancing kind of, you know, work and, um, you know, outside interests with the family. For someone else, it could be other relationships that they have to pay attention to or it could be, uh, you know, a health matter that needs to be attended to. It's that thing of trying to, you know, keep everything in the air and look after everybody, including ourselves, and just just have that sense of, you know, you know, we're all in this together and we're all trying to get through to the other side. And COVID has certainly brought that up, I think, you mm, know. Mm. And uh, that uh, needs to, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and you 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 make a very good point there, and remiss of me to overlook it as well. There are many uh, families where there is just one person. You know what I mean? Looking after children and and trying to work on that as well, and that is a huge a huge responsibility. And and with somebody like that, you certainly do need a wider network, if at all possible, around you to help you out. But look at um, this thing of presence. This is just I want to talk about this for a moment because okay. so many of us today are not present. We're there, but not present because of the phone. You know what I'm talking about and it, you mentioned you hone in on this as well too it's important to be with them there oh yeah absolutely I mean the phones are a curse mm. <laughs> they're great but they're a curse as well you know and yeah. I mean we're all we're all guilty of it um, and I know that we would do that ourselves you know that the phone is sitting on the kitchen counter and it beeps mm. and you know we've had big conversations about this in our house you know turn it off you know, put it on silent, have, you know, a certain time of the day where the phone doesn't exist. And I mean, as we were just talking about this ourselves here last night, but say, you know, 15 years ago, if you needed to check an email or do work, you had to go in. And if you had a, a computer, you had to turn it on. And, you know, that kind of intentionality was actually probably very good for us. Yes. And the phone has, has made that difficult. It really, really has, you know. And we would notice that ourselves, that my our eldest now, she's seven, and she'd be quite sharp. And if we're both on the phone, she'll say, you're both on the phone, <laughs> you know. And quick as a flash, you know, say, yeah, actually, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, and that's exactly what you're saying, Jerry. what the article about. It means we're not there. Yes. It means, you know, the message I'm giving is I would rather, you know, talk to someone outside of here or the outside world is more important to me than you are. Now, having said that, I, you know, I'm still, you know, on that point of I think it's important that, you know, that they have that sense of parents or people in the outside world. Mm. And, you know, it's the other extreme, Jerry, where, you know, you have children and, you know, you, you jump every time they ask. I, I don't think that's good either. I think, you know, a friend of mine yeah. was saying, you know, recently that, you know, he would have felt that when he was younger, children, you know, learned to wait. They had more patience. And I think that's part of it too. So, you know, part of me feels it's very good to say, listen, I'm just talking to someone. You know, you continue doing your colouring and I'll be with you in five minutes and I will be. Mm. Do you know, that, yes. that sense of, yeah. of patience as well is important. It's just just how to get it right because everything seems so fast-paced nowadays and there's so many demands on us, you know? Mm, and, and I see it myself as I listen to you here uh, and my mm. children are grown up, it's grandchildren's stage at this uh, yeah. time, but uh, I see it myself on my phone. You're right, when it beeps, I have to answer it. If <laughs> yeah. it rings, I have to answer it. I'm checking what this is. And I think my wife, Miriam, has it right because takes her an eternity to get to the phone to answer. It doesn't seem to bother her if she gets the call or not. You know what I mean? I think maybe she has it sus better than myself, to be honest with you. But uh, it is a fast-moving world and we don't like to miss anything for sure. Look, at I'll tell you, you've done a great service. You're a great writer, I have to say, with this uh, article yesterday. Honestly, it, it set us thinking and said, as you see yourself, the reaction you've had to it, I, I ain't one bit surprised. But a lot of issues, a lot of issues for the mums and dads and everybody concerned. But uh, you've done good, I have to 
to say. Thank you indeed for joining Thank me on the you, show. Jerry. Lovely to talk with you. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. That's Giovanna Feely there uh, from uh, County Mead uh, who wrote that article yesterday in the Times. It's very interesting. Uh, you, you should look it up and read it in full. We've just touched on today. When I'm with my children, I'm not often 100% there it says really good indeed have you any thoughts on that you know being present with your children being in the moment with them working outside of the home coming home and all that goes along with that if you have anything to say I'd love to hear from you on the show 086 1800 658 WhatsApp or text me if you'd like to call in it's 1850 715 958 Louise phones you me answering beeping it's a course isn't it it really is a course yeah, Sorry, Jerry. Of course, of course. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was miles away. <laughs> of course you were. I was on my phone. Away. Yeah, you were on your phone is right. That's why I'm shooting the question out. Do you find that? You know what Giovanna was talking about yeah. there? Yeah. 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 It's my an kids issue, are forever giving out to mm. Mm, it's difficult and as well with what we do it is round the clock stuff it's not you can't just switch on and switch off you know what I mean you're always yeah uh, especially yeah, yeah what we do especially, in this business yeah, you other know. areas you, yeah, you'd get away yeah. with it but I had to laugh because when I was talking to her um, yesterday Giovanni she was like oh I don't think I've washed my floors in three weeks and I was going oh my god thank you there's somebody else out there <laughs> no guilt no no but there's the as she said there you know what I mean the guilt thing is is the issue but look it we, is very it can be very guilty when yeah. your little kid comes up and he goes will you collect me from school today oh, or will you yes you know yes yes there's no doubt about it I often think and bemoan the situation where there is somebody at home. Mm. You know what I mean? Be it mum or dad at home full time, running the show at home, looking at that aspect of things. But as we as we said there, time moves on too. They grow up. You know what I mean? Mm. And and that phase but passes I, by. I think as well compared to, you know, twenty, thirty years ago. Yeah. There's a lot more hands on fathers. Oh, like for back sure. a generation, dads yep. just m- provided. That's and right. That's right. That was That's really, right. you yeah. know. Oh, fantastic dads now who but really, now really are great. Yes, dads. yes, play a huge part in the home and rearing. Ch- and as it should be, because mm. they're they're everybody's children. They're not just the mums or the person who's at home looking after them for sure. But it is. But I say when I send mine to the neighbours all the time. Uh, <laughs> do you think you could switch the? <laughs> do you think we could switch the phone off for just a day, maybe at the weekend, completely? Probably not. Full day, just without. Just take a Saturday or Sunday and just Are you daring us both to do it, are you? Let's think about that. I, I kicked a touch myself even on this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm shirking it a wee bit. It wouldn't be easy to do. I do say that. That's for sure. But look, at present, being with them and engaged with them is so important. As a single dad, Jerry, I had to stay at home. They got my full attention. It's hard for young couples today with expensive mortgages. I got the assistance I needed. Now they won't leave me. Ha ha, says a listener today. Thank you indeed for your message. Yes, we were speaking to Giovanna Feely at the top of the show and I have more there. I'll come back to it in a wee while. Now the festive season is imminent. Party season. How many parties will there be? It's not looking good, is it, at this stage? Anyway, they'll take, we'll take it there'll be parties of sorts anyway. And with parties, alcohol is consumed and the dreaded hangover can become an issue the following day and even the day after. After. But, you know, hangovers are a serious matter when it comes to work. And I'm joined now by Dr. Lydia Deveni, who's an Irish postdoctoral researcher at Letterkenny IT. And she's done extensive uh, research into uh, hangovers and she's involved in a special event that's coming up over the weekend. Lydia, welcome to the show. Hello there. Thank you very much for having me. Not at all. I'm good and I'm not hungover today, I can tell you for sure, as I as I man the microphone here after my Wednesday night encounter with my friends that I have every Wednesday, but we do in moderation. But here, I want to throw in the ball by saying this to you, and I'm quoting you here. It's only when alcohol leaves the body that the hangover starts and all the dangers associated with it. So I'd say you're talking there about, you know, so many hours after ending consuming alcohol, drinking lots of water and that, and that it physically, you know, is washed from the body it only begins then is that right that's true yes so it's a difficult one to measure now and what we find is that we're perfectly legal to do it you know we can carry out we can carry out daily activities like driving a car engaging in high demand cognitive tasks and we can put we put ourselves in a lot of danger whenever we do that and it's really what we're trying to do is find out what's impaired and how we can set guidelines around it and to just disseminate the information and to raise awareness of the dangers that we really put ourselves in. 
So you uh, coin it brilliantly, the traditional 12, sorry, the traditional 8 to 12 hour bottle to throttle uh, is no longer valid. This goes on much longer after, uh, you know, if you consume quite a bit of alcohol. Yes, absolutely. So uh, the evidence of uh, of impaired cognitive performance, not only in my own research, but in those published in recent years, really, you know, warrants the consideration of, you know, the hangover effects. And, you know, the role it plays in human performance errors in safety critical environments once the alcohol has left our systems. So just maybe context this for listeners today, Lydia. When will I have a hangover? How many units of alcohol do I need to consume before I'm in the hangover territory? So there's no set amount of units. Now, you don't have to drink heavily to get a hangover. And it varies from person to person. Um, so, for example, it will depend on your BMI and things like that. Um, and for people of East Asian descent as well, will have an overactive alcohol dehydrogenase gene, and then they will they often uh, report experiencing more severe hangovers with much less alcohol consumption. So it's not to say that if you have you're okay if you only have so many units, um, you can get a hangover with very little. And I'm sure it varies from person to person, man to woman, uh, metabolism, you know, body makeup, etc. All those things come into play. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and and you know when we we talk about someone having a hangover, let's say somebody has consumed too much and the hangover kicks in, and let's come back to this again. You you wait, say the twelve hours or whatever uh, or more, and you drink plenty of water and you try all the the wee uh, salpidine pills and anything like that that'll help you. You are saying that there are symptoms that will roll on uh, afterwards. What what are you talking about? What 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 like what? So we, we define it as a combination of negative mental and physical symptoms. Um, I suppose the main, the main symptom that people report is fatigue. Mm. Um, so people often report feeling particularly tired afterwards. There's also a lot of things that we won't be aware of. So like our memory and attention are impacted too. So we might feel fine. We might think, oh, actually, I don't have a hangover today or, you know, it's not too bad. But really, it's hard. We can't tell. You know, it's below our, con- our conscious threshold, really. Um, so it will affect our mood as well. We tend to have lower lower moods during a hangover, things like that. Mm, um, so yeah, you know. fatigue is the big one, mood swings, anxiety. Is anxiety part of it? Absolutely. I'm sure you've heard the, the term anxiety. Yes. That a lot of people report. Um, so it's a bit of, I've done a bit of research on this recently and myself and another researcher, Dr. Craig Gunn, I want to speak about this a bit tomorrow as well. Um, it appears that whenever, so whenever we're hungover, our ability to regulate emotions doesn't actually appear to be impaired, but it seems like we just encode everything more negatively. So we're likely to, when we see something, we're likely to perceive it more negatively, um, which of course will then raise you know, anxiety mm. and things like that. And, and how, lo- how long will this continue for? You know, these issues, Say, especially I'm, I'm, I'm really focusing on the fatigue end of things and people's moods in critical jobs. How long, if I go out, say, last evening uh, around tea time and I have a session till the early hours and consume quite a bit and I'm in a bit of rag order today, will I be affected tomorrow? You can well be, yes. There have been reports of hangovers lasting up to 48 hours. I think it's usually, the most common night it will be, you know, around 24 hours, but it depends on what you drink, really, and what you drink, and, you know, what you've eaten, things like that. Um, but, yeah, it can go on for two days, and I know myself, I've heard of people say that themselves. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it seems to vary, and I think one thing that, you know, I want to get across today is that we, we don't really have enough research on it. Yeah. We only have 567 PubMed publications on an alcohol hangover. Now, if we compare that to something like hay fever, we've got 16,000 PubMed publications. Mm. We've got 26,000 on cannabis. So to answer all the questions, we really need more research. Um, and I think a lot of... Uh, in the past, I suppose, it's been thought of something like, oh, you look at hangovers, that's funny. But really what we're finding is the cost and the dangers that we put ourselves are just are in are just so significant. You know, we really do need to look mm. at it further. And, you know, it affects so many people. In the UK, it's estimated at 
um, that there are over 520,000 people that go to work each day hungover, and that costs up to so 17 million working days. Um, so, it's, you know, it's massive. It affects so many people, and yet we only have so few publications. Yes. We also didn't have a definition until 2016, and we updated it then in 2020. Um, mm. So it's a very young area of research, but a much needed area, and that's why I wanted to bring it to Ireland too. Yes, yes, you're, you're, you're really highlighting something significant here. When you think of half a million every day in the UK, 17 million days uh, impaired, you know, uh, for people going to work, it's a huge, huge number, and uh, I'm sure we'd have comparable uh, figures here in this country. So when the message, really the message that you're getting across is this as well. When, when you go out and consume and you, you uh, get yourself into order the next day by drinking lots of water, or using whatever remedy cures a hangover, whatever rocks your clock or taking the appropriate pills, there is still implications then and beyond. This is a, a real important message to get across. So I'm thinking of, you know, the next time, whenever this is, I'm not sure when it's going to be, Lydia, I get on an aircraft you know, aircraft pilots, people driving trains, you know, people out on the road driving, individuals as well. Good God almighty, you're worrying me now. Yeah, absolutely. It is concerning. So currently airline and seafare companies, oil, gas rig operators and med- medical surgery regulators consider the excretion of alcohol as a marker of the effects of alcohol. Um but we know that that's only when the hangover starts. So we know that we're impaired after that. And so it's, I suppose what we're trying to do is sort of, you know, encourage people to set codes of conduct and to, you know, make regulations so that we keep everyone safe and that we consider, you know, the recent findings because it is they are recent findings. Um, a lot of the research has been carried out, you know, in the past decade or so. And it's to just sort of update, you know, the practical side of things with the research. Mm. And so that's really what we're looking to do. Mm. And I must say as well, so we meet, we, we usually meet every year. So there's an alcohol hangover research group. And it's a group of international researchers. And we've met in lots of different countries over the past 10 years or so. And um, this is the first time since lockdown that we've been able to come together and talk about our project. So ahead of our seminar, we're going to be meeting this neuroscientists and pharmacologists and psychologists who come together and talk about our research and our projects ahead of the seminar, so in the morning. Um, and so it's, it's a great opportunity for us to start working through things too and to, and to move our own projects mm. forward so that we can you know, continue to learn more. It's also not a topic that's often funded. Um, so a lot of it is it's just down to our complete passion for the area. And so it's it's really great to have it in Ireland. Yes, it is. It is, and I'll I'll just mention that before we finish. But yeah, I really hope that, and and I, I take it that the guidelines and regulations are being adhered to with people in critical jobs and jobs where there are uh, severe implications. If people are fatigued or you know mood swings, anxiety, things like that, uh, it, it is a, a really serious issue. Now, with the festive season uh, close at hand, um, talk to me a, a moment about congeners in alcoholic drinks. you have something to say about that too? Yeah, so there's been a little bit of research on this. So um, congeners are sort of naturally occurring compounds happen whenever drinks are made and um, we find more of them in darker drinks. Um, And with more congeners, we find more severe hangovers. So the lighter colour to drink, the the less, well, I suppose you're, you're less likely to have a severe hangover as such, or you're more likely to have a more severe hangover the darker the drink, is another way of saying it. Um, so if you were to choose between red or white wine, I would go for white wine, um, that sort of thing. Same, if it's the same percentage, it's something that, you know, it's dark, it's 37.5%, and vodka, it's 37.5%, I would choose. And I, I'm not encouraging people to drink by any means at all, but in, I mean, if you were to, to try to you know, hold off the symptoms of a hangover or not diminish the symptoms of a hangover, I would hydrate. I'd make sure to eat as well afterwards because our body treats alcohol as a toxin. It flushes it out and then we lose nutrients. So it's important to eat, to hydrate, 
and if you can stick to the lighter the lighter drinks. Okay, so the the lighter colour drinks. So you're saying hydrate before you go out or during uh, the time you're out. Eating, are you talking about before, during, and after? Yes, yeah, all three really. Um, in my study that I done, I found that um, people who were drink who were consuming water while they were while they were drinking were reporting less severe hangovers. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, that's it. I wish I had you know the, the secret. Take it all away, but um, unfortunately, this is where we're at. And like I, I said, this, we're, we're still early days, you know, and mm. we're working towards getting a better understanding of it. We can't really jump from. And I know there's, there's over a million um, uh, Google hits on hangover cures, and everybody has a theory on it. So we we really can't jump from 500 papers to then having a cure. You know, we have to we have to understand it. And understand yes, it. yes, yes, and that's that's where you come in here, and the people that are coming together. A letter, a letter. Kenny, it are hosting this. Is it uh, you? You can join in online. Um, so we're, it's not online. It's going to be recorded. Okay. Um, anyone is welcome to come on ahead in as well. There's still tickets left. It's free. I can share a link with you for anyone that wants to come along. Okay. Um, it will be recorded as well, and I'll be able to circulate it here at LYIT. But if anyone wants a recording themselves as well, they can email me on lydia.deveni at lyit.ie. Okay. Listen, thank you indeed for joining us on the show. I do appreciate it. It's a very pertinent subject. I wish you well. And you too. Thanks very much. Not at all. That's Dr. Lydia Deveni there and lots of advice there about uh, drinking over the holiday season. The paler colour drinks, well, I suppose for porter drinkers, there's a slight dash of pale on the top. If there's any consolation in that, late lunch, LMFM Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Miley Cyrus on your late lunch this Thursday afternoon with Midnight Sky. Never mind the Midnight Sky. Make sure you're looking in the sky tomorrow morning early because there will be a partial lunar eclipse here in Ireland. That's happening in the morning. Skies permitting, just to uh, let you know about that one. Miley's singing about the Midnight Sky. She's great, isn't she, Miley Cyrus? She really is. Just reminding you, live coverage of the Premier League continues this Saturday here on LMFM on the app or lmfm.ie Leicester Chelsea first half 12 3 o'clock Aston Villa Brighton and at half past 5 it's the big one of the weekend Arsenal to Anfield to take on Liverpool Premier League live with now stream live action from BT and Premier Sport with a now sports extra membership and on the entertainment front Navin Theatre Group are back on the stage one, an evening of one act plays happening it's called Life Land and Lockdown running nightly at the Solstice Arts Centre from next Tuesday November 23rd until Saturday the 27th each evening at 8 o'clock tickets are available from solsticeartcentre.ie listener says she's obviously not a Guinness drinker Jerry. yes my last guest Dr Lydia Deveni and do you, do you know Jerry? Guinness are bringing out a cream coloured glass especially for stout drinkers is that to make them feel better Louise what do you think with the what do you mean paler? a cream coloured glass you know the way Lydia was saying that yeah, uh, the, the lighter the, the colour yeah <laughs> So put your pint into a cream glass. Ah, but you wouldn't be able to see the black stuff. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. At the home with the black stuff, we're dreaming of a white one. Would you agree with that? Because you drink kind of darker coloured ale and stuff as well. Yeah, I love a pint of Guinness at this time of the year. Mm. I do. A nice one. Yeah, it is nice. Um... Look, the Guinness is the Guinness. And we hear what she's saying there for sure. All in moderation. Yeah. Look, that's it. Hydrate moderation eat if you do those things you'll be alright and if you don't a box of salpidine is handy to have that's all I'll say to you if you're in that situation but seriously like it is a serious matter I'm not making uh, trivia of it at all you know when she says there that this can go on you know 24 48 hours you know what I'm talking about people people in responsible positions that you know you flush it from your system yes and there's not enough research on it that's what Mm -hmm. uh, Lydia Deveni and uh, her people are are, something you never think of no no, no, it's something you, you don't ever think of. It, it really isn't. And uh, alcohol responsibly, drink driving. No, 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 no. Please, no. Just no. Full stop. Anyways, Garth Brooks, have your tickets ordered? Croke Park, two days and nights in September. He's playing. He wanted five, didn't he? He yeah, said he wouldn't play, did he? Yeah. 
he went back in his word. He said he wouldn't play if he didn't get five. Ah, that's five years on or more, isn't ah, it? Ah, listen, you know. A lot more. So, will he sell out? Uh, yeah, he probably will. Five, doubtful, but mm. two, I'd say. He'll sell the two nights, will he? Yeah. He's fantastic and I love his stuff but like he's a bit of yesterday's man. I haven't heard from him in a while. Oh, in a long time. Really? He's not even top of the I'd say the country scene in the States or anything at this stage. But you look at Would it be on your list for concert tickets? You're a concert goer. I am. I'd say no. No. No, no, we just wouldn't. I love Garth and I think he's great and his, he has some classic songs, but I won't be going to the concert. No, I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't. I'd rather see Westlife. <laughs> <laughs> hint, Are you hint. Going? Nudge, nudge. I think there's tickets hanging around somewhere our place. Well, All Christmas right, is for coming. People. There you words. go. Yes. <laughs> anyway, after the next break on Late Lunch, she's the CEO of Men's Aid, another serious issue. Katrina Bentley's joining me. No, it's in the news constantly. Yes, violence perpetrated against women by men. But did you know that there are a huge number of men who are the subject or the object of violence themselves from the other side, from women? Looks like this year that uh, my next guest's organisation, who she's CEO of, Men's Aid, are going to handle up to nearly 8,000 calls. 8,000 calls from different people. Isn't it huge? I'm delighted to say hello on late lunch this afternoon to the CEO of Men's Aid, Katrina Bentley. Hello, Katrina. Good afternoon. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for joining me on the show. That's a startling figure, may I say, to begin. It is. It's up. The increase will be about 32% on last year. So we supported approximately five, five and a half thousand contacts to our service last year in 2020, which obviously was an extraordinary year for everyone. Um, And sadly, this year, we've obviously seen the the increase um, and we're going to support approximately, we're expecting to support about 8,000. And that's men from the ages of 18 to 88, because unfortunately, domestic abuse does not discriminate. So um, that's how wide or broad in terms of the age group, in terms of the men who are calling because they, they need our help. There is a stigma around this, a huge stigma. You know what I'm talking about? I'm a man yeah. myself, the masculine yeah. end, end of things. I wouldn't like to admit, you know what I mean, that I'm in a yeah. situation where a woman is, you know, uh, yeah. making my life hell. And w- Would that suggest that perhaps the number is even greater? Absolutely. The the research that we have from it's back in 2005 shows that only 5% of men report to the Gardaí. Therefore, 95% of violence against men is not being recorded or reported to Gardaí. So we really don't have a true prevalence just yet. Um, colleagues over in the UK, they've done some more research in 2020. One in three victims are male. My, um, oh my. So one in four women, one in six men would experience some form of domestic abuse during their lifetime. That's the Office of National Statistics over in the UK. So they've just they've done more recent uh, research than ourselves. So it is more prevalent, I suppose, behind the front doors. But you're correct to bring it back. Men find it very hard to talk about their feelings. Mm. They find it very difficult to admit that he, if he's six foot two and she's only five foot that she's, you know, verbally abusing them, mentally abusing them, emotionally, psychologically, financially as well, you know, looking at, you know, controlling the finances. But also physical and sexual abuse is there as well. It's actually quite high. Um, we had, you know, some, some sporting people who, you know, had marks down their legs. Everyone thought it was rugby marks. It was stiletto marks. We've seen stitches, um, you know, we've seen cuts, head, you know, we've seen everything, grazes. We've, we've seen the bruises. We've seen... Horrible, horrible physical physical assaults as well. So it does exist, um, but you're right, it is just a lot more difficult for the man mm. to come forward to, to speak up. You're touching on a thing there called coercive control because you can yeah. see the physical signs. You can't see the mental signs uh, of right. things, obviously, but physical. Yeah. But those other points you touched on there, that is mm-hmm. what is, if you group it all together, coercive. Absolutely. So coercive control, really, it's a pattern of abuse. And I suppose they're the, they're the types of abuse that are invisible. And actually, it's very hard even to articulate because if, if and when you're in the fog of an abusive relationship, a lot of the time you can't see it. You don't know how to articulate. You don't even know what to call it. And um, so what the men would report to us is she's constantly nagging me. She's constantly at me. She's telling me I'm no good. I'm a crap father. Um, maybe there, maybe she's withholding, you know, the dad having access at the weekends, so using the children as as, as weapons as well. Um, so it's the invisible psychological um, impact that really can have a huge impact on somebody's mental health. 
So again, I suppose, again, by, by us having this conversation today, we're trying to break down that stigma yeah. and encourage the man. Or indeed, so there's lots of mums and sisters who ring us as well to ask us, to give us an example of what's happening. And then they ask us, is that coercive control? So our helpline is there to take those calls. I suppose it's the important message to get across today that we're, we're happy to take those calls. Another aspect of this, I mentioned the numbers that uh, alarmed me. Um, that's one aspect of it. But the other thing, uh, and I was reading um, you talking about this recently, that men actually go out and sleep in a shed out side that oh, men oh. actually sleep in their cars now look at when the summer we had is in it, it's you know it shouldn't happen anyway but I'm thinking about this time Katrina and as the yeah. temperatures drop is this a fact that this is happening absolutely absolutely sadly Ireland has no refuge for men as of yet so it's something we're very much strongly campaigning for um, and lobbying for um, because clients of ours are calling us from, from their tents from vans from cars mm. from garden sheds mm. Um, and and there's many, many men who are homeless. They're sort of hidden homeless, if you know what I mean, that perhaps they have the big house, you know, the big car on paper. They might be wealthy, um, but they're out for their own mental health and for the sake of the children. They've left the the household, they've left the dwelling. um, And, you know, COVID has been very difficult. You couldn't go and sleep on sofas, you couldn't sofa surf. You couldn't go to your parents' house because you didn't want to put your parents at risk either. So there was definitely an increase in men telling us that they've they've converted their vans and they're living in vans. So um, we definitely have an increase in that. But two thirds of homeless men in the Simon community, two thirds of home of people who are homeless are men. You know, seventy five percent of of those who take their life by suicide are men as well. So these are the kind of the key issues that we're trying to, mm. I suppose, prevent as well. But by again encouraging people to say to them, we're here. Yes, there's another lockdown. You know, there's a, there's a change in, in guidelines in the last few days, but we're here. Our helpline is there. Um, we still have our outreach. We, we follow the guidelines across Navan, Cavan, Monaghan and Dundalk. So we still have our community hub response hubs locally as well um, and in Dublin as well. So I think that the important message is we're very aware it's six weeks to Christmas a heightened time of anxiety and stress for some families um, and just if, if it's a tough time as it is um, if if, there, if you've lost your job as well due to COVID etc it's a difficult time mm. you're, you're thinking of Christmas presents and extra stresses like that so it's really important and and to look out for your 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 family and your friends and check in on them and say are you okay? Yeah. Um, and if not at all, if you think there's any any sense of abuse or a toxic relationship, is is a lot of the words that the men use. They don't the men don't use domestic violence as a word. They kind of say an abuse of course is it's toxic or it's not working out. Yes. Things aren't great at home. It's kind of a softer you know language like that. And yeah. um, so if you're hearing that, to please pass out our helpline. How do you recognise? You know, you mentioned a moment ago that a lot of mm-hmm. this is internalised, you know, by people yeah. and you may not see outward signs. Are there any key giveaways? Yes. First thing is, do you feel safe in the relationship? Mm. Are you walking on eggshells? If you're walking on eggshells, it might be a sign of control. So we would come back to this, what's called the power and control wheel. So if you don't feel safe, respect. Do you feel it as an equal 50-50? Do you feel respected? So it's it's like what's a healthy relationship and what's an unhealthy yes. relationship. Mm. So if there's anything like that, maybe, you know, first speak to somebody that you might trust within your family or your friends first, if that's the case. And just say, you know, I'm not sure whether, do you think that's, oh, maybe it's not. Mm. And I, I think what a lot of people do is they hit Google. <laughs> yes, you know, what yes, is a healthy, yes. what is an unhealthy mm. relationship, mm. etc. Mm. So, and I think your gut was going to guide you as well. It's being aware of it though, you know, you can be, you know, a little bit in denial at times as well because it's a huge impact on on family and perhaps if there's children as well. So there are many, many red flags. If you're feeling controlled in any any shape or form, if you're not feeling that your home is safe, if you're not feeling that it's an equal ground, there's some red flags there. And if you're not sure, please ring Women's Aid or Men's Aid and ask us, you know what I mean, what are the signs? Mm. Because we're we're more than happy happy to have a chat. Yeah, and family members, be aware of those too, we should say uh, today, just if you notice anything, do ask and ask the question. In terms of services, we're going to give you a number out on that in a moment, of course, people can contact you. You know, a few main pointers there of of, of what you provide. What, What do you do? 
So I suppose first we have the National Helpline, that's Monday to Friday, and just in the last few weeks we secured some additional funding um, and we're there now on Saturdays and Sundays from 10 to 2, which is terrific. So the National Helpline, the Community Response Hub, so we're one-to-one, we have offices in, in the various um, family resource centres across um, Navin, Cavan, Monaghan. We're also in Cork, in Dundalk uh, Courthouse, and we're in Trim Courthouse as well locally to do court support. So mm. if you're up, if you are heading to court, there's a lot of questions around legal orders and things like that, you know, um, uh, protection orders, safety orders, barring orders, the legal side of family law. Um, so we're there for all that. We're very specialised. It's a quite a, an, an area of expertise around family law and um, course of control acts, domestic violence act, and um, safety planning, things like that as well. We give guidance on on how to keep how, how to keep yourself safe and your children and per- perhaps grandparents as well. And um, we also have counselling, um, and this is something we started last year. We did emergency counselling by phone. I think it was just shy of three hundred men who availed of that. Where just at that moment when COVID hit, you know, um, and and people were quite anxious about. Um, lockdown because if you've experienced abuse you possibly have PTSD um, and and something like a lockdown can trigger so we kicked in straight away with counselling and we made that available over the phone and those counsellors actually work on our helpline as well as do our counselling so they're hearing it all during the day as well when they're on they're, they're on shift obviously but so they're very experienced about hearing how the man is experiencing domestic violence because he does experience it differently. The man talks about it differently and the man's needs are different as well. So we have, I suppose, we're sort of a one-stop shop in terms of if if, if you start your journey with our helpline, we can do one-to-one support um, on the practical side of paperwork and legal paperwork, housing, if you're looking for housing, et cetera, and all that side of it. There's also the face-to-face in in the various um, houses around the northeast. There's counselling by phone or in person as well, and there's court support. Comprehensive, so, I have to say, so, the whole thing. Do you want to give that number out there, please? Team, 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 team. Um, 01 And the email is hello at mensaid.ie, or you can visit the website mensaid.ie, and I'll give you that number again if you're affected by anything we're talking about today. 01 That's 01 Four three eight double one. You're doing great on a shoestring. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, thank and you. thank and you for joining me today. Shout out for tomorrow's International Men's Day. Ah, um, Minister Helen McEntee is delivering the open address at our webinar tomorrow, and the details are on our social media if anybody would like to register. Great so today, just to promote the positive support. Yes, great opportunity to promote the positive messages to the, the boys and men. Out there. there you are. It's our day, lads, Lovely. tomorrow, Yay. so we'll <laughs> celebrate for sure. Thank you so much for joining Thank me, you. Katrina. Take, Take care, care of yourself. Bye bye, Katrina Bentley, there, CEO of Men's Aid. We were talking uh, to Katrina Bentley, CEO of Men's Aid, a few moments ago. And a listener on to me to say, Jerry, all you've been talking about there are the reasons I'm a single dad. All that lady was saying, I had no help 15 years ago. And unfortunately, I haven't been able to develop a relationship with anybody since. Isn't that sad? It's sad to hear that. It really is. Thank you indeed for your message. I hope you can someday over the experience and meet somebody and move on it's not easy my god it's not easy and it's something we don't talk about often is the other side of it of course women go through hell at the hands of men i know that more than anything but there are quite a number of men who are in a difficult situation themselves and i'm delighted to highlight it today with katrina bentley ceo of men's aid on the show Late lunch, LMFM radio. Oh, we have something coming on the show tomorrow. We need you to help us. We need you to help us tomorrow on the show. Don't miss it. Start at the show tomorrow. Do you know what we're going to do on the show tomorrow? We're going to spill the beans on late lunch tomorrow afternoon. Yes. Now, I won't tell you any more. Louise will this evening on social media, but we'll be on to it tomorrow, top of the show. We want you to spill the beans to us on late lunch tomorrow afternoon from the top of the show. Oh, it'll be crack, I tell you. I guarantee it. Anyway, we're heading towards news, weather and sport at three in the company of UB40. And mind drinking this stuff? Take it handy, take it handy. <laughs> Now, moving on with my Rod Stewart story on Late Lunch Today, my featured artist of the week. And we're into the 90s at this stage with Rod. 
and he continued to record and tour and he was, no doubt about it, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He was delighted with that. Uh, but at that stage, he mostly abandoned uh, writing uh, new material and creating new stuff. He honestly felt, and this was his own words, that the, his well of creativity and inspiration had actually run dry. He covered a number of well-known songs and had hits with the likes of Tina Turner, Sting and Brian Adams. But here's one for you. He's a Guinness World Record holder for playing to the largest ever audience at a free concert. Listen to this. 3.5 million people on Copacabana Beach in Rio on New Year's Eve 1994 showed off to see Rod. Holy God Almighty. And by the end of the decade, he then parted company with his long-term record label, Warner Brothers, moving to Atlantic Records, where he re-released compilations of his earlier work, which sold millions. Today, I'm going back to the 90s, and this one. Mr. Rod Stewart and Rhythm of My Heart, my artist of the week on Late Lunch this week. There's something in that gravelly voice. There really is, isn't there? He's some boy, Rod, all right. And we'll uh, finish his story in words and song on Late Lunch round about this time tomorrow afternoon. And she's 19. Yes, she's reached the ripe old age of 19 years of age. I met her a few years back and I have to say she is the most magical voice. She's a classically trained soprano from her Dalton County Mead. Leah Barneville, welcome back to Late Lunch. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. Great to chat to you today. Well, you're going on stage, bringing it all back home shortly. Tell us about the gig that's coming up. Yes, next week I have my solo concert in the Venue Theatre at Toast, um, which is so exciting. Mm, I'm sure you're really looking forward to it and getting back on stage. But you have been back on stage already because, did a little birdie tell me? Oh, I know this anyway. You played the part of Maria in I West did. Side Story at the Board Gosh. Yes, I did. Um, we had our run on the last week of October there and it was absolutely magical. It was so... <laughs> amazing to be back in front of a live audience um, I think you only realise what you are missing when you get it back um, it was very much that case, the case for me um, I had the best week of my life this was um, a reboot we had ran a pilot um, a pilot show two pilot shows back in August mm. and this was we were brought back for a full run which is so incredible and playing the iconic role as well Maria yeah, I know. I I still can't believe it myself, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely incredible. I was beyond thrilled and lucky. I was so lucky to be in that position. Now, you are obviously looking ahead and where you're going with this voice and career. Do you see that being part of what you're going to do in the future? Musical, stage shows like that, along 100%, with, you know, the singing? 100%. Right. 100%. Um, my love for music came from musical theatre. Um, it's where my heart is. I, I 50% of me is like, loves the classical crossover world and then say the other 50% loves musical theatre world. So I absolutely love uh, the, the, the two of them. I couldn't, I couldn't choose between. Mm. Where are you now with this and education-wise? Just bring us up to speed. Well, I have been super busy with my, with my singing career and I have loads of really exciting projects in the pipeline i actually have um a concert coming up with paul byram and krista berg which is sold out um in december and i and then i have my con my concert next week which is um it's i'm pretty sure there's still a handful of tickets available so if anybody's interested in coming they can book through the venue theater box office or on um the venue Great stuff. And the links are on my social media as well. And is this, is this what you're pursuing now? Is education finished, all that type of thing? Yes, I'm pursuing my music career now. Grace, Grace, yeah. good on you. And uh, Chris DeBarg. Oh, will you be wearing red that night, the lady in red? <laughs> 
You're not the first person who said that to me. And yes, I very well might be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're on stage with a legend of a performer there. I wish know, you, wish I know, well I still can't that. believe it myself. Mm. What about practising, you know, on the singing and that? Do you waken the neighbours early in the morning or keep them up late at night? You know what? I am so, so lucky that my neighbours are so understanding and they love listening to me because <laughs> I can't imagine if I had someone who didn't like music living beside me. Yes, I do. I practice. I'm singing basically all day, every day. Um, and it's great. And my, my everyone's really supportive, <laughs> thankfully. Mm, mm. And I'm sure you're looking. You'd love, I'm sure, West End, Broadway, all that yes. type of stuff. Yes. You see, when you say West End and Broadway, my heart literally like palpitates. It's, it's, that's it's like exactly where I want to be. I can only imagine because mine does too for a different reason because I've been there on many occasions and seen some wonderful shows and, you know, look at our own Killian Donnelly. I don't have to remind you what he's achieved, you know. Incredible, incredible. incredible. He's, he's amazing. Yeah, so listen, uh, you're heading in that direction anyway, Charlotte. When you think back, remember us chatting, Britain's Got Talent 2017. Yes. The time has flown, hasn't it? I know it really has. I remember being it being with you, yeah, and it's it just felt like it feels like yesterday, but yeah. in other ways, it feels like mm. twenty years ago. Do you know? Yes, sure thing. It's been difficult. I say it again for all entertainers and people in the business. And my God, where are we going? We don't know nearly at this stage. But look, let's I keep know. fingers crossed that you know, I know it sure has been difficult. But yeah positivity we are yes. moving forward we yes. have shows we have gigs we have Christmas events yeah. um, it's, it's, it's such an exciting time for everybody in the music industry it certainly is well listen I want to play this while you're with me and say goodbye to you and remind everyone there's only a handful of tickets left for the venue in Retote the 26th give them a shout there we're going to play Segreti Secrets yes. have, you, have you lots of secrets Leah? Yes, I do. And I have a few <laughs> secrets in store for my concert next Friday as well. Good, so, good, yeah. good. Well, let's have a listen to your wonderful voice here. Wish you well. Happy Christmas and New Thank Year. You so Talk much. to you Merry soon. Merry Christmas. Take care of yourself. Bye, you too. Bye. Bye. Here Bye. she is. Here she is. Guardo fuori e cerco un'altra via per me, mancano i colori per disegnare un'altra me, alla finestra è chiusa ed anche senza luce, c'è dei puoi tra di me, abbaglia solamente di un Oh, hasn't she simply the voice of an angel? My hair is standing on the back of my neck. I have tears in my eyes listening to her. That girl is going places. Leah Barneval from Rithoth. Isn't she beautiful? Playing us out on late lunch this afternoon. We say goodbye to you. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. And tomorrow, remember, on late lunch, we want you to spill the beans and peas and fish and corned beef and other things besides with us on late lunch. You'll find out more tomorrow. Looking forward to having you with us then. Have a lovely evening. Take care. See you one thirty Friday. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dogan Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 